In 2016, I started this journey to finding out what goes on behind the music recorded and released by Australian singer-songwriters. I quickly learned of the struggles faced by many in this competitive industry. With the launch of LEDofficial.com, I started supporting Aussie talent in promoting their music. It wasn't easy. The only guarantee I could offer my clients was that I would get the word out to media sources about their upcoming release. Some picked up community radio interviews, others gigs and live music venues. Many have told me they feel like a human jukebox when performing live because the public seem more interested in hearing songs that they know rather than something new. Four years later, I'm here with an independent insight into what happens behind the scenes. This is Behind the Music with LED. Welcome back to this, the fifth episode of Behind the Music with LED. Today, I'm having a chat with Danny. You may be wondering who Danny is. You're about to find out a whole lot more. She's very much involved in what I would say is behind the music of Eurovision, particularly Australia and Eurovision. Corey's also back for another segment of University of Music and fabulous Jono is also back with What's Hot in Music. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember to subscribe, but also hop onto YouTube. If you type in Behind the Music with LED, there you'll get to see the visual representation of what I call the YouTube TV doco. Let's cut to the chase and have a chat with Danny. I feel like I need a special anthem to welcome you here today, Danny. <laughs> no fanfare necessary at all. Thank you for having me on. Eurovision. It's what you're super passionate about. What sparked the flame? I kind of knew about Eurovision for a while and I vividly remember Gina G's ooh, uh, just a little bit playing on the radio in 1996. And the term Eurovision popped up often because she was representing the UK, but I was pretty clueless. Caught bits and pieces of the contest during the early 2000s and then I watched my first contest in 2007. But back then, the contest was one mega semi-final of 28 songs that would like whittle down to 10 spots in the grand final and I instantly fell in love with T-Packs from Israel and their song Push the Button. And I was devastated when they didn't make the final, but I was hooked and I had to see how it ended. For those of us playing at home, what is Eurovision? And could you give me a little history on how it came about? Well, I can't do this quickly because it's been on for so long. But Eurovision started back in 1956 as a way to unite Europe through song. And it was a huge experiment in live TV because, of course, we're talking post-World War II. It was basically based around a very popular Italian song contest called Sanremo, which started in 1951. And now Eurovision is one of the longest running television programs in the world and screens everywhere. 52 countries have taken part in Eurovision, including Morocco, just the once, and the now dissolved countries of Yugoslavia and Serbia and Montenegro have also taken part. The rules have changed over the years, but here's a little bit of the gist. Every participating country sends an original song that's a maximum of three minutes in length, and the vocals must be live. The contest used to feature a full orchestra but switched to backing tracks in the late 90s, which of course a lot of people were really upset about. 
Due to the ever-changing pandemic situation, the live vocal rule has changed for 2021, which means the lead singer must still sing live, but backing vocals can be pre-recorded to give the countries an option to limit the numbers in their delegation. A maximum of six people can be on stage at all times. So a lot of the time you'll see backing singers that dance as well just to make up the numbers. So currently countries can send a song in any language, even a made-up one. And that wasn't always the case, and there's been times that songs were only permitted in your national language of your country. Countries such as Portugal, Spain, France and Italy usually stick to sending songs in the national language anyway, so not a lot has changed there. Since 2016, the voting system has been that each country awards two sets of votes. One set is a group of industry professionals and the other set is the televote and they mush them all together and that's how you get your actual scores. The votes are delivered as 12 as the best, 10 as the second best, 8 as the third best, 7 all the way down to 1. It's a lot of maths, and of course, you can't vote for your own country. There's two semi-finals, and there's usually about 18 entries each, but only 10 can go through to the grand final. We also have six countries that are instantly qualified for the grand final. That includes the big five, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, and the UK as they provide the most funding to the contest, plus the winning country of the year previously. And a grand final is usually around 26 songs. Each year we hear about Australia Decides. I have a good reason to believe you've been to one of these events. How did Australia score the privilege of being a part of Eurovision? Well, Australia Decides has been running since 2019 and is based on the Gold Coast. From 2015 to 2018, our representative was chosen internally. But in 2019, we saw Kate Miller-Heidke take the crown with the song Zero Gravity that ended up coming ninth at Eurovision in Tel Aviv. And then this year, Montaigne won the contest with Don't Break Me. But of course, we didn't have a Eurovision. So basically, the short answer of Australia being a part of Eurovision is that SBS is an associate member of the European Broadcasting Union. SBS has aired Eurovision since 1983, and it was popular enough for SBS to send our own commentary team to the contest in 2009 with Julia Zamiro and Sam Pang. And it didn't really matter that we didn't take part in the contest back then. And then in 2017, Miff Warhurst and Joel Creasy took over the Aussie commentary role. Even though a lot of Australians have taken part in Eurovision, four other countries, usually the UK, we were finally given a chance to make our case for joining Eurovision in 2013 as part of a video package. Then in 2014, the host broadcaster in Denmark let Australia take part as an interval act with Jessica Malboy. Then we sort of wore them down a little bit more and then we were officially invited in 2015 as part of the 60th anniversary of the contest and it was supposed to be a one-off. Well, we kind of hung around. 
We came fifth with Guy Sebastian's Tonight Again, so we were invited back the next year. And then we came second with Dami Im's Sound of Silence. And then in 2017, we came ninth with Don't Come Easy by Isaiah Firebrace. And then Jessica Malboy returned in 2018 with We Got Love coming 20th. So we've done pretty well. Australia now has confirmed participation until 2023. Obviously, this year's event has been postponed. Does this mean 2020 Eurovision happens in 2021? Or will the new year see two events? No. 2020 has been fully cancelled, including all the songs. As this has never happened before, the EBU deliberated for quite some time. And they weren't really sure what to do with the songs of this year, but then they decided to scrap them all, but still release a commemorative CD of the contest, which never happened. Eurovision New Year is actually September 1st of each year, so any song released after that date can be sent the next year. Also, it's been up to the individual country delegations to choose if they want to keep their 2020 artists for 2021. So we'll still be sending Montaigne, but with a new song. And a lot of countries have decided to keep their artists for next year and then cancelling their national finals, which is the same as us for Australia Decides. Some countries with larger national finals have decided to choose songs and artists again. For example, Italy's San Remo and Sweden's Melody Festivalen are going to pick an artist and a song again because those shows in their own right rate really well in their countries. We're still hoping for Junior Eurovision to happen in November, but we'll just have to wait and see. Congratulations, you're now in the fourth year of hosting the Wind Machine podcast. What led you to call it the Wind Machine podcast? Thank you. It's pretty cool because we started in 2016 and Mark and I are pretty chuffed that we made it this far. Our first season, which ran for two years, was about the countries who participate in the contest. So we covered the history, geography, politics of each of the countries. And season two, which we're in now, is more about reviewing the individual years of Eurovision. And of course, Eurovision is not just about the songs. And staging plays a massive part in the whole package, including the use of pyrotechnics, Lighting, props and the wind machine. We chose the name as a bit of an in-joke for fans of the contest, but then I joke that I'm always the wind and he is the machine. I'm guessing you get feedback about Eurovision through your podcast fan mail. How do you think the event is perceived here in Australia? We always appreciate some feedback about the podcast and we're pretty proud of the work that goes into it and we pride ourselves on being a little bit different and nerdy and we mispronounce everything but we do try there's always going to be this whole why are we in it question but I think a lot of the people that I talk to especially in my work with the Aussie fan club OGIE Australia is that it's seen as a positive that Australia is in Eurovision Aussies are a pretty competitive bunch, and this is like the Olympics of music. What's one thing you've discovered about Eurovision because of your media involvement that viewers would be surprised to learn? I'm a massive live television nerd, as both of my parents worked in TV for years. 
And the scale of what goes into airing Eurovision each year is huge. Like, it basically, the broadcasters, as soon as a country wins... The planning just starts and they only really have a year to throw everything together and it's quite amazing. I was really lucky to have a press pass for the fan club last year in Tel Aviv and it kind of felt a little bit like coming home as I grew up around this kind of environment. I think what was the biggest pleasant surprise is that the lack of egos as a whole and especially the artists, like, they become a family and then... After the contest, they all go off and do these amazing projects together, and I think that's really wonderful. Who would you like to see representing Australia in future years? Every year, the Veronicas come up without fail in fandom circles. I would personally love a duo or a band representing us soon. I've really enjoyed learning more about Eurovision with you today, Tani, and also about the Wind Machine podcast. How can we find you online? You can follow Wind Machine Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube and go to our website, windmachinepodcast.com. You can listen to the actual podcast on Spotify, TuneIn, Podbean, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. Excellent! It's really good. Hi, Jono here from The Biz with Jono and this week we have three new artists or three artists you might be familiar with um, and we're going to take a little trip down memory lane. The first artist that I would like to uh, chat about today is, if you remember, Sexy Eyes and Saturday Night, the one and only Wigfield with those two classic uh, party anthems right there. She's got some new music out and I may need your help with deciding on this one. Her new track, Sugar, S-U-G-A, is out now on all platforms to download. And uh, I really think you should get over and listen to it. I'm undecided on this one. It kind of grows on you after a little while. But Sugar, I'm not sure. Maybe it's too sweet for me. But you can check it out for yourself. Another artist that you might be familiar with is the one and only Joanne. And she is a dear friend of mine. And her music just makes me smile from ear to ear. It's a great way of reminiscing and throwing back to the 90s and noughties with her classic song, Jack, Jack, Jackie, which I think is just wonderful. Uh, You turn that up and you get down on the dance floor or in your living room. And there is some new music coming out from Joanne very soon, so keep an eye on her socials. Uh, She's just done some collaborations as well. So that's Jack, Jack, Jackie from Joanne. And also another one that she had out back in the day, which I really love. It's not as popular as Jack, Jack, Jackie, but I love it. It's a song called So Damn Fine. If you go and check those two out, find them on all uh, platforms, turn them up, and uh, I think these tracks are bloody hot. Uh, And that's my friend Joanne. My final artist of the week is a guy called Valence, who um, is from Melbourne in Australia, uh, has been living in Sweden, but has returned to us and has some great new music. And I featured one of his songs recently as the soundtrack to Jono and Friends, which was a show I did not long ago. Valence has a song called Bed My All and You, spelt Y-U. And these are great sort of dance tracks, um, poppy, dancey, electronic you know, there's kind of everything in there. Really uplifting. So not much as a throwback, a uh, bit of a throw forward. And uh, we think you're going to like this one. So please go visit Valence, V-A-L-E-N-C-E, and download his tracks now. Lots of love to Valence. Wind Machine. Wind Machine.
Well, we find ourselves back again for another segment. I came back. <laughs> I'm glad you came back. I wonder every week, I think, oh no, have I just, have I given Corey too much of a beating <laughs> in <laughs> needing to know the music I'm sharing? Oh, I'm, I'm about even. The first week I got none of them right. The second week I got two. So I'm halfway there. I'm getting there. I am learning stuff. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens today. Okay. Whew. Is that a bit of sweat? <laughs> <laughs> It's a good thing we can't see, we can only hear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this artist, she's quite young, Corey. I'm going to jump straight into it now. She would be, I'm guessing she's about 24 years of age, but she's already married and she has a four-year-old son. She moved to Byron Bay soon after she turned 18. She first released this track, Like You Want To. I want to take you to the While this track in particular was part of her second EP in November 2015, it's the first time I really got to experience her voice and the beauty in her music. He used to listen to my breakfast show on Southern FM. Do you remember hearing that song? Um, I've got to say, and like that was some time ago, and I am getting on, so please excuse me if I don't remember. It does sound familiar, though. <laughs> I was starting to wonder if maybe you do, were just listening to the talk breaks and then you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I recorded you, and then I edited out all the music and the news and the commercials <laughs> and stuff like that just to listen to the talk breaks. <laughs> that sounds like a podcast. <laughs> In 2016, she had given birth to her son so that was a relatively quiet year but then in 2017 she released her third EP with Hotel Someday you'll find me where the champagne's always free when you check into the hotel where the skyline meets the sea hmm. I don't know if we get any closer but the I'm, I'm sounding very uplifted and energised by her music, but that track in particular I feel is particularly emotive because the artist wrote that song and dedicated it to, to her sister who had passed a few years before. There's a common theme with this artist that, as she said recently, and I know you joke thinking I think you stalked me on my Instagram, <laughs> she did share this past week that a lot of her music, which I feel this is very common in the art of songwriting it's reflecting on pieces that are quite personal in her life there's more to the lyrics it's not just i'm going to sit down and put some words on paper there's emotions and there's feelings that come out and that particular song you can hear it in the melody it's softer it's more delicate and i feel it's more emotive Mm. that does that one doesn't sound familiar but i do like it i'm glad you like it (laughs) (laughs) i'm still not sure what music you like and this next track remembering that this artist she's not unsigned she is signed to warner as a label came out as uh, a standalone track in 2019 i feel it's got a very familiar sound to it if you were to see the clip on youtube you'd notice that she also has another theme with the way that she visualizes her music it's very retro and vintage this is between you and i Hmm, 
quite vibey. Uh, I could imagine that being a music coming back from a commercial break on uh, on like a brekkie TV show. Yeah, exactly. It's, it does have that sound that I say, this music could be licensed, it could be commercial. And look, this artist, I nearly said her name. You're lucky. You're lucky I nearly <laughs> said her, but I didn't. She has featured in the ARIA charts over the years and different radio stations where they have like Triple J Hottest 100 example. She's featured in different charts for her music. But I did ask her this week. She's, there's another common thing with her music. She talks a lot about water. And this year, only a few months ago, she released this track, Against the Water. It, it was interesting that I asked the question in my Instagram stories. Now I'm giving you a big hint. And she came back. I said, you know, I'd love to know why does this artist feature water so much? And it was a really simple answer. She came back and she said, I guess I really, really love water. Baby, you can do what you like, do whatever you wanna. That's why I remember me when you try. Artist Corey, she also is uh, involved in the vocals. You can hear she's got a very strong but beautiful voice mm. and guitar. And if you were to hop over to her Instagram account and you were to go back over the recent months, you notice she does a lot of live covers on her IGTV with her beautiful voice. Okay. The song that we're talking about is Only One Week New. And at the moment, if you were to look online, you'd find the lyrics video. I can't wait for her to release the official music video. Can you guess who the artist is? No idea, unfortunately, but I am eager to find out who. <laughs> it's Keita Alexander, the newest track of hers. I miss you, I'm sorry. That's the track in particular that, uh, well, let's just say, I listen to it and I can interpret the lyrics in so many different ways. You know, I miss you, I'm sorry to a lover. I miss you, I'm sorry to a friend that you no longer have contact with. I miss you, I'm sorry to the person who normally cut your hair but they've quit their job, they're no longer your hairdresser. I'm probably taking the piss a little bit now, but... (laughs) I'm excited to see where Keita goes with her musical career, her musical journey. I feel like, I've said before, her music has a real ring to it. It's very catchy. It's very pop. But I feel that it's got that real sentimental element to it. Let's have a listen to her new song. Here is I Miss You, I'm Sorry. And thank you, Corey. I'm sorry you didn't guess the artist this week, but I'm sure you'll be back for more. (laughs) I will. I'm coming back until I get it right. Trying your number, you're out with your brother Hanging with everyone other than me Knocking on your door, so cruel to ignore But I understand why you're treating me me I'm sorry, come home to 
Thank you to you for listening to this episode of Behind the Music with LED. I really loved having a chat with Danny. I didn't really understand how Australia fit into Eurovision, but having watched it when I was a lot younger with my grandparents, I knew that there was a place for Australia in that competition. Also, special thanks to Corey and Jono for joining me again for another episode. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, remember to rate this podcast. And of course, if you'd like to leave some feedback or a review, helps me understand what you're getting out of it as well. Until next time, keep playing original Australian music. Got a question for industry? Send it through to hello at ledofficial.com. This is Behind the Music with LED.